Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host, Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, Cody. Really excited for today's episode. Excited to uh, have our guest here. Yeah, big show. Big show. We have a very special guest on the show with us today. This is a young man who shipped the inaugural Underdog Best Ball Championship last season. A young man who is grinding second half showdown slates. A young man who is tearing it up in the NFT streets. It is OTM Own the Moment co-founder Justin Herzig. Justin, how's it going, buddy? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Cody. Good to see you, Gary. It is nice to... uh get these names out of the Slack channel for uh, Establish the Run and bring it to the show. I'm excited to be here tonight. Yeah, that's one thing I forgot. You're, you're helping us create some content, helping people win their best ball drafts, right? You're uh, still writing for, for ETR, aren't you, as, as we head into best ball season, right? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a fun summer, good best ball summer. And uh, But God, it feels like NFT has just been heating up and the NFL season coming forward. I know uh, how busy all three of us kind of get during that season, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Well, let's let's get into a little bit of your background here because we have you on for a very special reason this week. You've got something something in store for us and for all of our listeners here. But just give give the people a little bit of your background. I think that'll really help us set the stage for uh, what it is that you guys are aiming to accomplish at OTM with your latest project. Yeah, so a little personal about me. Um, I'm straight out of school, kind of went with the analytics life, worked for a bank. And uh, that's where I met my co-founder, TJ Lasig. Uh, both worked for that bank. And then we took kind of slightly different paths. I went into the technology side. I've now been working in blockchain tech for the last seven years. And uh, he went a bit more into the kind of uh, product management engineering side. And uh, basically, the the Bales tweet heard around the world. <laughs> um, we, uh, you know, we got into top shot, we, in about 24, 40 hour period, just absolutely fell in love with it, realized like, Hey, this was a game changer. All those pain points that we felt around the, you know, the frictions of the card market, uh, just felt like they were, you know, finding technology solutions for those. And, uh, so the two of us decided like, Hey, you know, we love this. Let's start off. We built a pod around it. Podcast was great, but we're like, you know, we need analytics. We need tools around this. So we built that site, we, you know, start building those tools around it. Then we're like, Hey, a little different than DFS is uh, DFS, you're all competing against each other. But um, with the uh, you know, NFT world, everyone kind of win together. The macro market moves, and so we need the community. And so OTM really came together to provide those kind of the tools, the analytics, the content, and that larger community. And uh, over the past month is where we're like, hey, you start seeing all these kind of crazy NFT avatar projects. And uh, I don't know, like, kind of feel a little shelly, feel like it's all about speculative. You're not sure like when the bottom is going to fall. But the one thing we really learned is, hey, the truth around these NFTs is around that utility. And that's what uh, people really wanted from the Top Shot side. And we're like, how can we kind of combine that utility to come out with? And uh, I know that's what we're going to jump into. But uh, that was really our kind of guiding guiding mission around all this. Yeah, I think from the very beginning with uh, your your OTM uh product that you guys have launched and the community that you guys have built around OTM. Uh, I've personally loved the data. I'm very data driven as Scary and I've talked about on this podcast a lot. So your guys' tools, analytics, data, and then the community on top of that, I think is just perfect for perfect for the top shot world and you know perfect for what we're about to get into next. Um, fantasy football, what, what about your fantasy football background has brought you to where you're at with this latest project and why is that kind of the driving force behind your uh, new NFT launch that's upcoming that we'll get to in a second here? 
Yeah, so I've been doing the semi-pro side of DFS for probably the past, I'd say maybe three, four years. Um, and you know, a lot of obviously I had a had a great year last year, obviously with the underdog side. I uh, had some strong DFS as well, but I also treated that DFS as basically a day job. And uh, I've you know, as we have the numbers and stuff, we have the actual grind. Like the sharks out there, they have the edge in DFS, and uh, it's one of those games where the more effort you put in, the more value you're going to get out of it. And uh, that's just the kind of way it is. And so, I mean, like, while I still absolutely love DFS, and I think it's you know one of the greatest fantasy sports out there and fantasy games out there, uh, we did see some challenges with it. And uh, you know, some of the things around, you know, hey, there is that edge where you put, spend all the time. It's also on a one one day basis thing. Uh, if you you know like season long fantasy, you're able to actually invest in, hey, you think this player is going to be great in a month or two. Uh, can't really do that with DFS. And uh, so a lot of these kind of just, you know, things trigger, you know, thinking around the old school uh, fantasy football, some of the pros there, some of the challenges of DFS, maybe some of the benefits as well, and uh, tying it all together with this opportunity of NFTs. That's really what kind of drove this forward. And then my co-founder, TJ Lasig, um, so he's been doing some content on the Roto Grinder side. He's also been doing the kind of the semi-pro DFS for the past, I'd say, three, four years as well. And uh, that's where, hey, you know, with the on the moment, we kind of just said, hey, how can we kind of take these NFTs, add a world of utility around them and kind of combine the world of fantasy sports and NFTs? All right. You, you, you mentioned it. We got fantasy football <laughs> on one side. We got NFTs on the other side. We're going to marry them together. So next Tuesday, right, it all goes down Tuesday, September 5th at 5 p.m. We are launching, Own the Moment is launching the brand new NFT-based fantasy football game called The Owner's Club. So explain to anyone that hasn't yet signed up, and if you haven't, you're crazy. Get signed up. Get ready for early, get ready for the earliest of access. Explain to the people, everyone listening, what the Owners Club is. Yeah, this really is the next generation of fantasy sports, and that's the way we see it. Um, you actually have the ability to take that collector's aspect and owning these true NFTs, but you can play them in contests for free and win real money. So the way that this works is, as you said, next Tuesday, 5 p.m., we're going to be selling packs and single cards. A pack of cards is five cards. And what you'll receive is a position group and a city or a location. So quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defenses, not just one individual player, but you get that whole position group and then aligns to an actual, you know, a city place that that team. Uh, so for example, let's say you're going to get the Philadelphia wide receivers, how those Philadelphia wide receivers do that weekend on their field, their fantasy points correlates to what kind of points you get in your tournament. And so you can take that team, uh, you buy that pack, you get one of each position, and you can end that, enter that into a free contest with real money prizes. And uh, that's where we're seeing up to a million dollars in prizes throughout the year. There will be a five-card contest called the main event, or there's a two-card side hustle if you want to kind of dip your feet, uh, you know, get your feet wet, or maybe you got a couple cards left over, you can enter that. And uh, as I said, like, hey, these contests, you know, your access to the club, the fantasy football club, is really around buying those NFTs. And then from there, each week you want to enter, it's completely free. But we have those million dollars in prizes throughout the season. I know when we talk about NFTs, and one thing that uh, Top Shot has done so well is made it so easy for people to get involved in NFTs. And that's obviously led to things down the line for other people getting involved with these avatar projects that we talked about and other stuff that you can find on OpenSea. 
what are the technicalities that people that are coming from the fantasy football world and wanting to get involved in the NFT world and get involved with the owners club? Are there anything that anything that they should be worried about uh, in terms of just getting their cards? Uh, is do they need a, do they need a background in blockchain to be able to purchase the packs, or is this gonna, are you guys going to make this pretty pretty pain free for us uh, rubes like myself, <laughs> us boomers here that don't really fully understand the entire blockchain process? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Top Shot uh, has done some amazing things. Obviously, they've had their challenges, but they've also done some fantastic things at bringing, bringing people, bringing commoners, bringing people who haven't had any familiarity with NFTs to that space. And how they do that, they did it through a very easy onboarding ramp. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what we're trying to do as well. We've learned from them. For example, what we're building on is building it on actually Polygon, which is a layer two solution on top of Ethereum. Why do you do that? That avoids the gas wars. All those aspects of having to pay just to mint and maybe you lose that, like that's gone. Also, you're able to buy with PayPal. So if you have credit card, debit card, whatever it is, you can purchase with PayPal. If you want to do it with Ethereum, with ETH, you can also do it with ETH, providing that optionality for people that whatever they're more comfortable with. And uh, from an actual purchasing wise, I'd say the most challenging thing, which is really simple to be honest, is just creating a MetaMask. And uh, once you create that MetaMask, you just link it up to uh, the you know the OTM the TOC site, and uh, when it comes time to purchase, very simple. You're just going through, and you can either use your ETH or you can pay with your PayPal. Seems very easy. Something that Gary and I could probably even figure out. Yeah. Gary, Gary, I know Gary's just sitting back in the wings waiting because Gary's uh, Gary's a Millie Maker winner. I don't know if you knew this, but Gary has won a Millionaire Maker last year. And I know he's just sitting with money in his DraftKings balance that he's ready to withdraw into PayPal and just buy as many packs as he can. <laughs> so yeah, Gary, well, I know you're probably most interested. You're sitting back there. The wheels are turning. Uh, you're thinking about strategy already, right? Like what, oh, yeah. what are the things that are going through your mind right now as you're anticipating buying packs in a week? Uh, what, what are the things that you're thinking through as you're hopefully getting your hands on a few packs next week? Yeah, well, I made sure I was all signed up. I'm pumped. I'm pumped, <laughs> Justin. I, I, um, you know, I, I wasn't just blowing smoke when I told you before the show that I think it's a great idea. And I like that you said that you know one of the reasons you started you know OTM to begin with was that you wanted everyone to be able to win together, right? With, um, you know, just NFTs in general and Top Shot, and you can kind of learn and figure out the the, the landscape together. And now that you've done that and you've created this great community, now you can bring the contest and the competition back <laughs> in together on top with NFTs. And it's all <laughs> intertwined, and it's I think it's it's awesome. Um, yeah, for me, I'm I'm thinking strategy, uh, and you know, I I think I, we listened to the, the the fun podcast you guys had with Levitan and Leona yesterday. You guys got into the weeds with a lot of fun uh, ideas for strategy and trying to talk through top position groups. And you know, that's what I've been thinking about all day. Like, how could you get different? Uh, I, we should say, you know, just talk a little bit about strategy, this uh, scoring format. I don't know if you want to expand upon that a little bit, yeah. Justin, but we are we are throwing it back to the, the standard scoring, which I think does make more sense when you're talking about positional groups as a whole. As we said, we wanted to bring it back as much as easy as possible and just, you know, really attract those boomers that just uh, that, <laughs> that rare NFT boomer population. That's the target market. Yeah, uh, no, um, but the scoring, um, what we wanted to do is make it so that you didn't have one position, one position group that really just completely outweighs from the other. Uh, so we did some back testing and found that if we did a six points per all touchdowns, that includes passing touchdowns, and then zero PPR, so no points per reception, uh, that actually makes it so that the quarterbacks, the running backs, and the wide receivers on average are basically within a point uh, for the total production. And uh, so that's kind of the scoring. And I think, yeah, it's different. Like we're used to kind of going from a wide receiver. We're used to kind of thinking about it from a half PPR or full PPR perspective. But I think this actually adds a whole new dynamic because you have so many, I mean, what, you have four or five wide receivers on some teams playing. 
you got two, three running backs. And as we saw with that game that we played with Leone and Levitan last night, like I think I got one of the top three and then Adam Levitan also only got one of the top three for the running backs. Like there's a lot of strategy and elements in here that I think uh, people are who are early have the opportunity to take the DFS, take your established the run knowledge, uh, really capitalize. And then uh, that doesn't even take into account the game theory aspects of how, where do I contrarian? Where do I game stack here? How do I kind of find some edges around that? Yeah, the game that Justin's referring to, I, I listened to that. I, I really enjoyed that because we have probably, what, two of the top .0001 fantasy football experts in the world. And uh, you and Adam really struggled to guess the top, what was it, the top three position groups for each team in the league at each position. Uh, go, go check out that podcast because that was a fun game with Leone and Levitan, the OTM podcast. That was really good. Um Beyond beyond strategy, real quick, before we go deeper into strategy, because I think we can spend another half hour just talking through the strategy with the cards and what to do. You you mentioned that there's going to be two tournaments, the main event and the side hustle. Can you talk through um, just maybe the different structure of the main event versus the side hustle? Not just yep. from how many cards you'll have to play, but also kind of um, contest format, uh, structure, uh, payout structure and things like that that people may have questions about. Yeah. And uh, so overall, from a payout structure, we will be releasing that after the initial sale um, because, you know, our goal is to be able to have that million dollars. And if we sell at the initial packs, um, we sell at that initial all- allocation, the 25K, then we're going to have that full million no matter what, no matter what happens to the other half of supply. Um, from there, uh, the key, I'd say, payout structure for the main event is that first place. You qualify. If you win that, you actually qualify for the live final, a trip to Miami, all expenses paid in week 17 of the NFL season. Uh, So that's going to be the 16 competitors competing for that live final. We will then figure out payouts, and it's probably going to be something around a 10% allocation, top 10% make that money. Um, And then for the side hustle, there will not be any live final or anything like that, but there will be similar kind of top 10% payouts. Um, We'll figure out from a dynamic aspect of how many are entering in each and where that goes. Uh, So that 10% is probably a bit fluid, but We've learned from the other sites, you know, what they've done well, what they haven't, and making sure that, hey, the payouts uh, are not going to be just completely top heavy or something crazy like that. Um, Beyond that, from a structure, see, as we said, the five cards for the main event, the two cards for the side hustle. um, If there ends up being any ties, uh, serial numbers of your cards will come into play for that tiebreaker. Um, Been doing kind of some of the like, you know, back end to figure out like, hey, how much ties do we expect per tournament for the main event? I don't actually think we're going to see that many. It will happen occasionally, but not like you're seeing like with a FanDuel single game situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The side hustle, the two card, you're obviously going to see a bunch there. That's where serial probably really comes into play a lot more. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's another another strategy aspect that that layers into the game itself. The, the one thing we were talking about this just before we went live was the slate time when it locks. It locks at Sunday for the noon games. And me, as somebody who anyone that follows along with my work at ETR knows that I'm grinding the the single game slate, so I'm very well versed in in what's going to be happening on Friday on Thursday. Uh, so. That Thursday game is going to be included in a slate that doesn't lock until Sunday, which I find really interesting. So why don't you talk about what what people are going to be able to do with their cards if they have cards from players or from games that play on Thursday? Yeah. So one thing we haven't even mentioned is I believe that there's a game within the game and that's going to be the secondary market. That's the collector's aspect. That's the flipping. Uh, While I can't play this, I think if I was, that's the one I'd actually be most excited about because... Yeah, I mean, like, I can create a strong lineup in the weekly event, but, like, what happens in the games? I don't have too much control of. It's a lot of variance. 
But what I think I could take my, you know, my football knowledge, my DFS skills and think through is, okay, across the season, how can I really speculate on which player position, which, you know, position groups, which teams have the best uh, opportunity to really prosper. And uh, so, for example, if I'm really bullish on, I mean, let's use New York Jets wide receivers as an example. In best ball, I don't think anyone's going in the top 100. Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, like right outside of it. Like we're not that excited about them. But when you think about the position as a whole, that defense isn't great. They're going to be throwing a bunch. Like you don't know who's catching it. Like maybe Denzel Mims actually even starts playing, but like there's going to be some points scored. So maybe you're bullish on the Jets are going to have a you know great wide receiver. So what do you do? You go buy a bunch of those New York uh, wide receivers cards, and uh, you can then go to the secondary marketplace. And maybe when they have a great matchup, maybe they've had a couple you know a strong stretch. You could flip those and kind of use that as an investment to A, take some profit off the table, or maybe reinvest that and level up into some other better cards for your main event team. And uh, for your Thursday night example, I think that's an extremely fun dynamic that we've thrown in, is you can watch the Thursday night game, see how it goes, and then before Sunday lock, decide whether or not you want to play those cards in your lineup. So use the Jets, you know, let's say those New York wide receivers, again, we'll use an example, and uh, they have a phenomenal game, put up a 40-pointer. Okay, if you own them, awesome. You want to put that in your lineup, but maybe you have four or five of them. Other people who don't have it, they want that for their lineup this week. So they're going to the secondary market. Prices are skyrocketing. You might be able to sell that for two, three X of what it was before that game. And now there's this whole new dynamic around, okay, what do I play? Do I take those free points? Do I go with something contrarian? Which one do I put in in between the side hustle and the main event, et cetera? Yeah, you're you're getting me amped up because this is uh <laughs> this is truly my two worlds colliding, right? Like you're on the right podcast. Obviously, Cody and I are always talking about flipping as far as mostly traditional, but also a little bit with with Top Shot and NFTs. But I mean, that's my game. Flipping uh, my my two my two careers are flipping sports cards and playing DFS. And here we are. I get to uh, find a way to at least maybe find an edge combining the two. So yeah. so that's really really exciting. Um, very very pumped for that. And when we think about like the early days of Top Shot, one of the things I loved about it was the idea that, hey, I could speculate on rookies that are going to have great you know, rookie seasons and they're going to appreciate in value. So like Kyra Lewis, I was like, you know what? Hey, I think Lonzo Ball is not going to get much playing time. I think Kyra is going to have a great season. Now, here's the thing. I was wrong. But if I was right, I would have liked to have been able to profit off that. But what we saw across, you know, rather is there's just larger mac macro movements and uh, mar all market goes up, the whole market goes up, whole market goes down, market goes down. Why? Because maybe just, you know, one season of a player isn't enough to really forecast their long-term uh, value of that player's cards, et cetera. Maybe there's just other dynamics. But here, because there's actually utility, if that, you know, position group, if those players are, that team's playing really well, you know people want that for that next week for that matchup, and that's where that core utility comes. And I think that's how uh, what we wanted from Top Shot, but it just didn't come to fruition. We really are you know, almost forced in the hand with uh, the owner's club. Yeah, let, let's talk about that too, because you make a good point. Obviously, with that Kyra Lewis example, if you had held those moments, I don't know if you did or you didn't, you know, you might still be able to play dividends next year. Lonzo is no no longer there. Maybe those moments will go up in value as his role expands. Um, just to clarify for what's going on here, these NFTs will have value throughout this NFL season as far as utility is concerned, correct? Um, after that, a new game starts next year and these NFTs, what happens then? Yeah, so they will only be playable in contests this year. A lot of that comes down to, to be able to fund the prize money for this, we need to next year be able to sell more to fund the prizes for next year as well. 
that said, we are strongly committed to ensuring that these do that these still retain value beyond the postseason. Uh, a lot of that is these cards are your access to the owner's club. And this really is an exclusive club that has benefits, that has perks. And we really want to create that larger atmosphere. So what are the things that it might work? So maybe after the season, uh, we're going to reward people by, hey, we're still going to have maybe some watch parties. Maybe you get tickets to a, uh, a physical, to a real world event. Um, maybe it's going to be NFT airdrops or giveaways. The more, uh, the more cards you still own, the more chances you get to win there. Uh, probably going to look into some form of trade-in opportunities. Um, maybe this gives you access to uh, new sports that we roll out. At the end of the day, I don't want to tip the hand too much. And these are more so just want to make it clear like, hey, we understand that for the secondary market to truly thrive, there needs to be that long-term value even beyond the season. And uh, these really do have a sense of utility beyond just being playable this year. Um, and then one thing that I forgot to mention earlier is there is that live final, but live final is only going to be 16 people. That's hard to get to. What we will also have is an online final for both the main event and the side hustle. And uh, to compete in that, to qualify, all you have to do is finish in the top 10% one week out of the year. And uh, so if you run the numbers and you assume random chance, I think it's something like you have a 75, 80% chance of making that online final as long as you compete each week. So uh, I think that's something that a, not only will it help them, because that's going to be the largest prize pools, not only will it help them retain value throughout the, out the season, uh, but it also kind of gives something uh, exciting to aspire towards. Gary and I, a big big, big part of this podcast, and, and mostly because it came around the time of the NFT boom and the Top Shop boom is, is crossing over between physical and digital collectibles. I think, and I don't want to force your hand here by any by any means, but if you're looking for a partnership on some way to make these collectibles have utility after the season... What about if you're holding a Arizona Cardinals wide receiver card after the season and you get a DeAndre Hopkins slap, right? Or what if you're holding the Vikings running backs, right? And you get a Dalvin Cook card after the season. Cody, right? look at I you. think that uh, wait, what, what, one more, one more. <laughs> what if you're holding the Cowboys quarterbacks <laughs> and you get a Dak Prescott card after the season? I no, I honestly I think that what you guys are doing to make sure that these cards have value after the season, whatever whatever it may be, uh, whether it's utility in the form of experiences or memorabilia or uh, future trade in tickets, I think that is uh, brilliant. Obviously, we've we've seen it happen with the Top Shot market where uh, moments have utility when they're being used for challenges, and then the the moment prices tank the second that the challenge ends. Right? We no one wants to have that happen as a collector. As bad as you want to hold on to something, you want it to still maintain its value. So I think what what you guys are doing with utility after the season is is commendable and and definitely something that's got me extremely interested in holding long term. Yeah. yeah and, and, some, and, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, so yeah, we, got just saying, what? <laughs> we got some tricks up our sleeve that we uh, we're really excited about just to kind of, but we want to keep it as a surprise and delight and uh, throughout that opportunity. But um, yeah, I love your idea with the cards and such. Uh, we were even talking about like, okay, I think you might have some Kansas City people that are just going to want to, you know, obviously you got some strong positions there, but maybe also just mm -hmm. want to collect some Kansas City cards. So uh, we might just say, hey, you know, hey, the let's see however many Kansas City cards you have. If you've got X amount, you're entered into a drawing and we, you know, toss out some Kansas City jerseys or something. Or as you said, the physical cards, like something that actually rewards that also that collector's aspect. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's pretty fun. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, just from a pure collectible standpoint, we just pulled up the the screen here. I think the art is great. So just as far as a collectible standpoint, you know, hey, maybe you're you you love it. You're involved in the first year. You want to keep getting involved next year. And uh, you could see here just some of the art work on some of the cards are are really cool. So 
you know, I, yeah. I think that from that perspective, um, aesthetically, they, they look great. We've got uh, two artists that have been working, oh my gosh, just putting in so many hours on these and they are just fantastic. Absolutely love them. The creativity around some of them. Um, but yeah, they're legit art pieces that are on an NFT. And, uh, you know, with it, these are NFTs. With each one, it's going to have serial. You'll never have any two of the exact same. Um, and, you know, we, we really like them. Exactly. Exactly. One thing that we I forgot to ask you about on just the strategies surrounding the contest is you we haven't mentioned the Joker yet. Can you talk a little bit about the Joker? Because the Joker is very, very, very intriguing from uh, a, a fantasy aspect if you're playing in the main event or the side hustle. So talk a little bit about what the Joker is. Yeah, so we love the Jokers. And uh, if you do the math, so 50,000 of these is the total supply that could ever be out there. 310 of each individual, you know, as we see the Jacksonville and uh, I can't read my eyes, but whatever position that group that is, um, that leaves us with 400. Uh, 400 divided by five gives us 80 jokers. Each joker will have a position, but no city, no location. So you have the option, if you get a joker, to play that each week and decide. Now you got to decide before the week, before lock, and you choose which city, which team you want that Joker to represent. And uh, so if you have the Joker for the, let's say, tight ends, there's probably a couple teams that you really want that to be, you know, most times. If you have the Joker for, let's say, the wide receivers, maybe even running backs, because running backs is so matchup-based, you can figure out who has that, who's the 10-point home favorite, which is the team that's likely to score the most touchdowns, maybe on the ground. And so you can play that. Now, you can only play one joker per lineup. We don't want someone going hoard and just picking their own team <laughs> each every week. Um, but we do think that adds a little fun dynamic to it. And uh, because, hey, with ties, serial number is about the lower one. Because there's only, um, what, there's going to be, I just had 80 jokers versus 310 of the others. There's probably a little, you know, little advantage there as well. You'll probably have a lower serial number. I can already see it now. Gary's thinking through his his best ball portfolio and thinking, okay, I'm going to get the what? What do you got? Kansas City quarterback. You've got uh, Carolina running back. But I, as we learned on the podcast last night, that Carolina isn't necessarily the best running back position in the room. So uh, I, I can guarantee that Gary's going to have at least one joker uh, in All his right. in his wallet. I <laughs> yeah, I've been Justin. I'm trying to replicate your success from best ball last year. I've just been grinding the the hell out of the underdog streets uh, over the last couple of weeks and. Yeah, I mean, I just, I've actually just completed a draft before we went on where I think I ended up with Josh Allen and every Bills receiver. So I'm all <laughs> in on that. I'm all in on that Bills receiver card. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, the strategy is really getting me excited. I can't wait for it's next Tuesday, uh, the 7th, right? Is it the 7th? It is um, next Tuesday, yeah. the 7th, 5 p.m. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with the Jokers, I actually, I didn't think about this until after the show with Adam uh, and Leone yesterday because uh, we were talking about like, hey, if you're going to Joker card, which one would you want it to be? And we said, okay, tight ends because the gap between tight ends is larger, you know, there. I thought more about it and I kind of disagree now. I think I want quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And my reasoning there would be I can create a stack far more easier, more, more easily with any card then. Because if right. you only have the tight end, how often do you really want your tight your stack to be your tight end group? And you could say the same thing with wide receivers, and then you could find the stack that way. Um, but I kind of like that flexibility of hey, if I can always, you know find my great stack partners with the quarterbacks and, uh, you know, get a little differentiated, maybe going outside the norm. I think that's probably, it's going to be really exciting. A lot of, lot of strategy that still has only been, uh, I don't want to say half baked, but like, uh, it's not, oven's not even on. 
that's that's a great point. You know, you could have that Bills receivers card and you don't have the Bills quarterback card for the week and it's a great matchup. You throw that joker in as essentially Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, and you could be sitting pretty with the stack there. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the secondary marketplace. What do, what do we need to know there? What's, um, you know, we get our pack on Tuesday and we want to list something. What, what do we do about uh, to, to, to go forward with that? Yeah, so in year one, secondary marketplace will be on OpenSea. Um, and uh, so the MetaMask wallet that you already have to create your account, you can use over there. Uh, because it's still on that layer two Ethereum solution, uh, there will be no gas on your purchase. Uh, you will have to have wrapped Ethereum um, to make the purchases. But once you're on there and you have your wrapped ETH, there's then virtually no gas. Uh, so I think that allows for, you know, we, we were concerned because I was trying to buy something on, ETH on OpenSea the other day for $67 and uh, the gas that made it cost an extra $2,600. And I was like, this is just insane and uh normally they're it's like oh okay the gas would only have been an extra forty dollars but even that is all right now i want i'm trying to get this i want to play my card for this week and i have to pay an extra 80 percent upcharge because the gas like we knew this wasn't going to be a feasible solution you were um, you know with uh having to have the gas wars and paying for that gas so uh, that's one thing we're excited about and Hopefully in year two, uh, we can just bring that marketplace into the TOC, um, bring it all together and kind of create that more cohesive, um, you know, that cohesive environment. But for year one, we, you know, OpenSea is great. Um, we're happy to go there. Makes yeah, sense. I think the secondary market is just going to be extremely vibrant. I think there's going to be a lot of activity on the secondary market just with the way that uh, the, the, the game is set up, just with the way that the utility works out. Uh, I, I'm very excited about that. I think, as we mentioned already, the the short-term and long-term aspects of this, I, I heard you talk about it on the podcast with Adam and Leone. If you want to just hold for, if, if you want to make a bet early, uh, something that we're, we're all doing right now in best ball, expecting a certain position group or a certain player to break out towards the end of the season. If you want to buy now, buy low now and hold it for six weeks and then you're already ahead of the game when that good matchup comes up or you know when that position group starts to break out, I think that there's going to be plenty of opportunities to buy and flip and buy and hold throughout the course of the regular season. And that's really exciting. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop some alpha here. One tip that I want to give everyone. All right, let's go. With the secondary market, anytime there's a Thursday night game, whoever you have, if you're if they're playing in that Thursday night game, delist it. Just take it off the marketplace. Because mm -hmm. imagine if you've got a defense that's playing Thursday night and you've, you, know, you forgot to take it off the marketplace, game starts and they get a defensive touchdown. Someone is buying that. And yeah, you sold it, but I guarantee you later on, you could have sold that for more because that defensive team just got their DSTD and you know hey you missed out and uh same thing with any of the other position groups they have a big game and if you're not paying attention people are going to be watching the thursday night games while on open sea and as soon as this drive happens as soon as that touchdown happens like they're going to start snagging things trying to kind of get an edge and get ahead of the game before that card really just skyrockets and value becomes too expensive yeah i love that and we're kicking off thursday night this year with a banger we've got the the bucks and the cowboys so just imagine you know we've got the the bucks as seven and a half point home favorites with a 51 and a half point total Whew. mike evans chris godwin antonio brown against that secondary yeah you don't want to have your bucks card on the market as that game's being played because you know if they put up 50 40 50 points there's gonna be people sneaking across the market to try and grab that and, and put it in their sunday lineup so that's that's a good alpha there way to drop yeah. that for the listeners we appreciate that and uh, that, that Tampa running back situation is going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, we're a little scared of it in uh, DFS and uh, best ball situations. 
Um, but over there, I mean, yeah, Gio kind of throws a loop in things because he's catching balls and we want, you know, more rushes for this game. But uh, between those three running backs, like, hey, if you're a seven and a half point favorite, like get playing against the Cowboys, that could be a pretty strong play. It'll be it'll be interesting. And you don't have to make the decision until Sunday uh, and see how that goes. Yeah, you, you can make an argument for all those Bucks uh, positional groups, right? Yeah. I think you talked about it on tight the pod ends. last night too, the Bucks tight ends, right? All all the all three of them. And it sounds like the OJ Howard buzz out of camp is pretty good. And we we know Gronk will will play as much as he can. So uh yeah, of course, it's it's a lot of fun to think about that. And we like like we were just talking about with the Bills receiver card. I mean, obviously they have digs, but all those other guys in season long are what? Like wide receiver threes at best, probably, you know, a little bit deeper than that. But as a whole, that card is 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 prime, right? So yeah. it's um there's a lot to to think about in in a format like this. And and I mean, Gabriel Davis sense. has to be the, the best, you know, wide receiver four on a team in the league, right? Like, For sure. I know Tim Patrick yeah. is probably in the conversation, but like, I, I don't, I'm bullish on no, Gabriel I mean, Davis. Like, yeah, yeah me, me too. Me too. Very bullish. Yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. Is there anything that we're missing about the product or anything that we we need to let the people know about the drop before we get you out of here tonight? It's getting late. Yeah, I know. I'm getting the flies around me now. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's been fantastic. So I appreciate having me on. I would say um, we have launched the Discord. We launched it yesterday. We've started some giveaways. Uh, we're going to keep giving away some stuff just to create some excitement. Uh, for people that have seen it, to be honest, we are blown away by just the excitement, the passion, kind of the support for this. Um, and so right now, uh, it's great to get a chance to talk to two people like you, uh, who I think are going to be kind of some of the sharpest one. And I think leading, leading your uh, community kind of for those sharp decisions. Um, so thanks for having me on and uh, follow the Twitter um, at TOC NFT. We've got the discord link there. And then in the discord has all the information that you're looking for. That's not on the site around rules, around instructions, around how to get the MetaMask, how to do the NFT, just all, all the basics you need to know. Yep, do all that. I was scrolling through Discord late last night at the the Q and A section, just trying to get as much knowledge as I could. Everyone's dropping good information there. You and TJ and the entire team. So, uh, really appreciate you for that. We will drop all the links in the show notes on Apple and in the show notes on YouTube. So check all that out if you need the actual links. Find them there. But guys, thanks for being here. Uh, we'll see you next week. For Justin, for Gary, I'm Cody. See you later. Peace.